0: Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today I talk with Brian Milliff. Brian is a product designer for SmartShape Design, an industrial design firm in Cleveland, Ohio. We talk about his time at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh, where he met his wife, the basics of industrial design, the process at SmartShape, and more, all right after this. As a designer, there's nothing more frustrating than laboring over the perfect design and having a t-shirt screen printer reproduce your work as a low-quality t-shirt. RealThread has the solution. RealThread creates super soft t-shirts people love to wear. RealThread has spent years perfecting an efficient and clear platform for you to be able to order the softest custom printed t-shirts you'll ever wear. RealThread is dedicated to your project with the utmost knowledge and expertise on creating super soft custom screen printed shirts. For free quotes, a quick answer to questions, and a high-res digital mock-up of your design, head over to Realthread.com, or simply call, email, text, or live chat with the Realthread team any day of the week. Plus, when you are ready, get up to $100 off your first order with Realthread. Just mention Creative South Podcast in the print notes at checkout, or to your account executive. Are you ready to explore your creativity and meet a ton of new friends while you're doing it? Then head over to CreativeSouth.com right now and get your Creative South tickets, Join us April 6th through 9th in Columbus, Georgia, for Creative South, where you come as friends and lead as family. If you like the podcast and want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash creative south. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. Plus, when you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts, and you can even get your own podcast episode. So please help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creative set. Brian, thanks for joining me this morning, or whatever it is this evening. <laughs> yeah, I, I either have had too much beer or not enough beer. I can't tell. <laughs> yep. So, tell me a little about, a bit about yourself. Where are you from originally?
1: Well, um, I'm calling you from Cleveland here. I basically grew up in Cleveland, okay, well, on the East Side of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So, I I'm sort of a small town, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh. I've been in this area for a while, but I went to school in Pittsburgh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the Northeast type of area. Sure.
0: So when you were going through school, were you interested in design at the time when you were going through like high school and all that, were you interested in design at the time or did you like everybody else not know what you wanted to do?
1: Well, I I was interested in design. I guess I just didn't know it. You know, when I was in school, like I I mentioned, I was from a small town because Mm. We literally had a tiny class and uh we didn't really have computers, you know. I mean, I, I graduated in uh 2002, so it wasn't like it was that long ago, but we we were kind of last to get any kind of technology. So sure. I was sort of behind the times in a way because once I got out the real world, <laughs> I realized what kind of uh creative ways to explore, you know, your career that there is. And at the time I just knew I liked to draw and I liked to um I like to work on and tinker with things, so it eventually all came together, but at the time, I really didn't know anything. It was mostly my um, my art teacher who sort of told me I should pursue the path, you know? Basically, I wasn't good at anything else, you know? <laughs> I know that feeling well. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: you're an artsy kid growing up. Um, what do you, do you, where do you, you said you went to college in Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah, Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's funny you say that about you know because it's true most kids don't know anything and you're you're sort of tasked with the most important one of the most important decisions you'll make you know as far as what you where you want to try to direct your career when you're at an age where you really don't know anything. Sure. Oh yeah. So my um again my my uh, high school art teacher told me about some different places to go and her her son went to the art institute of Pittsburgh so Mm -hmm. I kind of just fell into that. I I looked around at some other places and um I when I went there I was actually looking to go to be an animator because I didn't know anything about anything and I was like oh I like to draw you know mm-hmm. um and then I found out you had to draw like 24 hours a day if you're an animator so <laughs> I'm like yeah. I like to draw but I don't I'm not insane about drawing so um what was kind of cool was because that school just happened to have a really great industrial design uh course Mm-hmm. And um, that was more working with your hands, you know. I don't know how much in product design, how you know how that works, but not at all, um, I didn't know anything about it, you know. Yeah. So,
0: so you 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 get there and you're doing, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you're doing you you you're doing the regular art school thing, and you kind of stumble upon industrial design. Um, was it the uh, working with your hands that kind of solidified that for you, or? What was it? Yeah,
1: I guess so. You know, you figuring things out. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh. Like I don't know how you are. S- sometimes people will tell you if you're if you can draw and you can do things. Oh, you're you're really creative. You're a really creative guy. And it's, which I think I am in ways. But there are people who are way more creative than I am. Sure. Meaning, there's artists who can do some amazing work. Very abstract. Very like deep thought. Um, deep emotional. Uh, imagery they really put somebody in a place you know i I don't i really respect that and admire that um i'm more of a i'm very structured you know Mm -hmm. and for me industrial design is like you you're given a problem and you try to uh solve it knowing um things regarding manufacturing and all the technical things but then also just an aesthetic appeal and what people um sort of intuition what people will like and what what aesthetic kind of um proportionally, you know, there's visual, there's a lot of visual uh, art in it, but it's, it's sure. not necessarily art, you know, how it goes.
0: So so fill me in a little bit more on industrial design, because I, I mean, I know what it is and I know the basics and, but I know that because I'm a designer. So people who aren't designers who may listen to the show, kind of explain the basics of it.
1: Yeah, um, it's it's kind of tricky. I mean, I'm an industrial designer. And sometimes it's hard <laughs> to, to describe it. I mean, sometimes if you're working with a, a mechanical engineer, they may say, "Oh, you make things look good." Sure. And then if you're if you're um, working with a marketing person, they may say, "Oh, you have to make it work." You know. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of in between those two worlds in a way. Um, you mentioned product design. That's the easiest way to describe it is it's, you're designing products. So sure. Physical um, products, sure. not not like these internet people. Who just oh, those, those off. internet! Yes, yeah, I yeah. just pissed off
0: half my audience.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's tough. trying to think about the audience. You know, if I'm, I'm talking to a group of people, I'm, I sort of know how to tailor my uh, my descriptions of things, so I yeah. don't look like a total ass. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, can say whatever to you want; it's <laughs> fine.
0: <laughs> so yeah, yeah um, so you're designing products, and. How much of that? How much engineering goes into that?
1: Well, you know, um, I work for a company, Smart Shape Design, and we're, we're a pretty small outfit. There's like 20 of us there, mm-hmm. um, but we do a lot of complex work, and there's a lot of engineers. So it's kind of half engineers and half industrial design. Okay. So if you wanted to be an industrial designer, you could you could go into the world of. Um, I mean, a lot of that gets into uh, some UX design, like in you know, the beginning. Uh, beginning stages of of uh, design thinking and thinking about how somebody wants to use a product, you know, it it could it could get into the more of the, um, you know, the software end of it, you know, sure. and I, I think that a lot of industrial designers can also do that to an extent, you know, they can basically be like a gateway drug into that type of world, you know, <laughs> um, but I'm kind of rambling. What was the question again?
0: <laughs> no, I was just you know, how much engineering kind of know-how do you have to have to especially within your work environment when you're going in and building a product how much does that play into it
1: yeah so i guess what i was um starting to explain was that um for us it plays a large role in it you know we we engineer parts and we manufacture things so we have to really be realistic on a lot of our concepts sure which ideally sure. most industrial designers would be um but but we're really held to the grindstone because you know, the same guys that are in our office are going to be engineering it. So they get mad if you decide to do something that's that's crazy and expensive. You know, mm-hmm. it makes it tough because you you want to you want to explore all the possibilities for your clients and you want to show them a lot of wild ideas. And there's different ways to get those wild ideas accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the back of my head, uh, I always I understand the indu- the engineering world too. So I need to. Sure. Usually what sure. I'll do is I'll give them a project, I'll kind of start blue sky and just think of all the crazy ideas and then and then I'll switch my brain over to the engineering world and start to pick out which ones make more sense and how they can be implemented. So I mean for us I guess it's it's you know, we are very much in the engineering world.
0: So so it's a it's a balance between figuring out the design aesthetic versus the production and workability factor. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, kind of jumping back to when you were in school, because we talked about this off air a little bit. You, you mentioned you met,
1: met your wife. What does she do? She um, so it's Art Institute of Pittsburgh is pretty cool because they've got a lot of different uh, um, avenues, different different career paths. And my wife was a, um, a sculptor. She's a yeah. uh, what they call it? special effects. was what her her course was. So she, she was the same shop that we did, but other than that, we didn't really do the same kind of work. Um, but you know, it, it was kind of cool cause it really clicked really well. I, I know some people who, um, uh, and some of my friends who, who married creative people and it can be, it can be challenging to creative people in the same house.
0: My wife is a designer as well. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand that. Much. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's for, for us, she thinks different enough where usually it works out pretty well. Um, but you know, between the two of us, we can do some some pretty cool things. You know. Sure. So she's uh,
0: she's doing special effects sculpture. Is that what you were yeah. saying? Yeah. So how does um, that work?
1: So she. to um, have to get her on now too. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> she's pretty cool. She's got she got some pretty cool work too. But she um she does uh, a lot of she's in school. She did a lot of animatronics, so she'll do like if a uh, museum wants to have a moving. Uh, Bear or something, so uh, she's she, responsible
0: for creeping me out when I go to the Hall of Presidents. Yes, okay, yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. We went, <laughs> yeah. It's funny, you should go to go somewhere, go to one of those places with my wife. Like, we went to uh Universal Studios and mm-hmm. Disney World just to see all that stuff, and she just critiques the hell out of it, you know. She'll <laughs> she'll see it and she'll be like, Oh, that's that's falling apart, this needs fixed, and you know, this is. You know that doesn't look very realistic. You know, she'll put her face right up against it and like inspect the eyes and stuff like that. <laughs> she's know, on the like,
0: verge of getting you k- picked, kicked out of the park.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty funny though because you're like, oh, I'm like, you could do much better than that. You know, we always going back and forth. But you know, in in Cleveland, there's there's a few places to work. But I mean, she's always said that she went to California. She'd do real well. You know, like on the on the West Coast, there's a lot more of that kind of work happening. Yeah, um, she does. She does a lot of work for. Um, like at home here, and she'll uh, ship it different places.
0: Okay, so you know y- you two meet in college. You're you're studying industrial design. She's studying sculpture or special effects sculpture, which isn't uh, for some reason not never something I ever thought about. Um, right. What what do you all end up doing when you get out of college? Do you go straight to work for Smart Shape or do you? End up somewhere else, and then take a long, windy path to get there.
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about. I'm trying to think of my story here. You know, it's like, I, I for me, I, um, I did a little bit of freelance when I first graduated. I looked around, you know, and I was like, I could do whatever I want. You know, I could, I could go anywhere, you know, because I graduated with a, um, I don't know. I did pretty, I did pretty decent, you know, as far mm-hmm. as my school. I thought, oh, you know, I'm, I can get anywhere I want to go. And I, I looked around and I ended up going into Cleveland. And I was like, well, this is a good starting place because I, I worked at a um, a car dealership for a while when I was in high school. And then I continued after college. I'm like, I want to get out of here. These people are great. And I like doing this kind of stuff in a way. But I'm like, I want to start my career and get going. Um, so I found a small outfit called Smart Shape and I <laughs> show up there and I'm like, this place. <laughs> honestly, the place is was real small and and dingy. And I'm like, wow, this, this isn't as intimidating as I expected it to be looking at the work that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I started work with those guys and they're, they're, um, you know, they do so many, we do so many different things and, you know, consulting firm, you get to kind of wear all the hats and you get to figure everything out, like the whole scope. Mm -hmm. Um, so I ended up kind of sticking there for pretty much my whole career so far. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to kind of move on and see what else is going on. But in other ways, I work on all these different projects. I'm like, and I got a lot of creative um, flexibility and, you know, I can sort of, I don't know, pick and choose because as a, as a uh, consulting firm, you know, you kind of uh, deal with what you're dealt, but sure um, you get to, you get to really dig into some projects and, and kind of go the whole gambit. So it's difficult to, to get out of there um, in that way. But my wife moved around a little bit more like she went to uh bowling green and then she um was out there for a little bit and moved around different places but mm-hmm. um, you know we ended up coming back to cleveland it's like i don't know it's a cool town i mean i, I thought i wanted to get out of cleveland in a way you know i feel like you hear <laughs> well, since you grew up on, in the area yeah <laughs> yeah you know you're kind of like oh, i want to get out of here this you know, want to go see the world and stuff but it's like for different projects i'll work on out I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll go out to Chicago or. Or you've gone to Florida for some some different events, and it's like, I love coming home. You know, it's a great it's a great atmosphere. It's a kind of a gritty area that I really enjoy. It's that whole Rust Belt, um, but Cleveland
0: yeah. seems to be making a revival because I was up there for Weapons of Mass Creation, which is when I did the studio tour and I went through and met y'all um, at at Smart yeah. Shape, and you know, I liked Cleveland. It was nice um yeah uh, you know the different markets and it did yeah. you know you could definitely see where the industry was still missing in certain areas and where it had been an industrial town and things were trying to move yeah. in there but um it 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 seemed like it's coming back in a good way
1: yeah yeah it is i mean i've been i've been here for a long time in the you know my career here and it it's um it's always seems like pe- it's always on the upswing you know yeah. A lot of people around me really like Cleveland as well. So, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but uh, there's a lot of different companies that we, we know a lot of them around in the area and mm-hmm. they're doing great things. You know, there's, um, there's some just there's some good things happening in Cleveland.
0: Sure. For sure. Well, let's talk about work a little bit because um, you mentioned that SmartShape is a consulting firm, um, a consulting design firm. Um, and how, how does that I guess what's the difference between that and or, and a different type of firm? And I don't have a good example because I don't know the world <laughs> that well. But <laughs> um, yeah. say, say a design build firm, I guess would be the example
1: that I would think of. Okay, well, yeah, I guess a design build firm, um, and maybe I'm not, you know, consulting It's, it, it's basically you know you're it's like a it's like you're working freelance. You know, you, you take take the projects that. Um, that fit what you can do and mm-hmm. what your capabilities are smart shape has a lot of capabilities. So we, we work on a lot of different things, but, um, we do a lot of consumer products, you know, uh, but we also do a lot of medical because Cleveland's pretty big in medical. There's a lot of medical companies in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we, we just kind of, uh, try to offer our clients things that, uh, that will help them, uh, whether it be, you know, like, cause, We'll work for our client. If you de- think about our client, would be could be like uh, an individual inventor, somebody who's got an idea and they're just trying to get some images together so they can get some other people to understand their idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're good at that. You know, that's like the first base of, of design is really trying to illustrate it so people like understand what the hell you're talking about. You know, sure. Sure. sometimes people got some ideas that are pretty complex, and then once you start to figure them out, you realize there's a few issues they need to solve. So we'll get them some. Some images and some more thoughts that are cleaned up, and then they'll kind of pedal it around and uh, find out who can make it for them, where where the marketing uh, advantages might be. Okay. And then then as a consultant, you know, there's there'll be larger companies in the area that uh, they already have established products and they're just trying to revamp uh, for the next year. They're trying to cost reduce, or so they're kind of so there's some more managed bigger projects. So okay, I guess it's kind of consulting.
0: So when you're working with like a single inventor and he wants something, are you – let's say he's kind of low level on what his needs are. Are you literally just doing like 3D renders and things like that and then – or are you doing like to a kind of prototype model of something for him?
1: Yeah, typically we're doing a prototype model. Um, okay. You know, we could definitely do just a rendering, but it's like for us, you know, we have some some – great designers and engineers and our honestly our rates are probably too high for that kind of thing you know you can sure. get a some uh some college kids do that maybe for them uh but sometimes we'll do that if if we're trying to um you know like it's hard to it's hard to talk about uh some of the projects without kind of saying what we're working on you know because a lot of it's can um confidential you sure. know as far as people's ideas and what they have going on. So it's like trying to talk in generalities uh, <laughs> is difficult sometimes because there's like some specific, um, projects are working on that, you know, it's, it's really cool and we want to see, see them succeed. And, um, and we put, sometimes we put the extra effort in and like, I don't know, you, you do do freelance kind of work. And, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know how it's like maybe you get into something and you know, like, you, you probably know you're already over budget, you know you've like spent too much time, but you really want to finish it and you really want to get it to the point where you really love it. Mm-hmm. you know we do that sometimes and a lot of times we're working on a project and like try to be try not to have favorites but like you get in a project that you really want to succeed and do well, you're like, oh, we're gonna do really cool rendering for them so that they can get their grant money so that we can keep working for them, you know sure. so sometimes we'll do that kind of stuff and we'll um we'll, we'll try to help out our clients any way we can. but then you know we're basically, the unfortunate part is, you know, we're just, we're, um, we're, we're charging for our time. So we just need to be as efficient as we can. So sure, uh, we'll just kind of throw something together. If they don't have, um, the time or they don't, they don't want us to spend more time on it. We'll have we're like, Oh, just get, get me this. You know, they think they know what they want. And then you're like, Oh, well, I don't think you really know what you want. I think we really need to do some research on this project. Um, and, and they don't really get that. So it's, it's, it's difficult in that way. You know, like, But I'd imagine any other company, you know, um, you'll work for a corporation that, you know, you're you're more siloed and you may run into that more often than we do. Sure.
0: Well, I mean, I definitely understand the not being able to talk about stuff and how difficult that can be. I Mm -hmm. like my day job. I work for an engineering firm for that does stuff for excuse me, for heavy industry. And. You know, there's cool things that come through there all the time and like I'm on the marketing team and I can't ever talk about them and use them to promote them. I can't go out there and say, hey, so-and-so is our client and, you know, because right. we've got those NDAs in place that it's – that make it tough to talk about it. And it's it, – it from that side of things, it's really tough because those are the – generally the clients that you – that have those NDAs are the ones that would help you get more clients – you know, because yeah. they're a big enough name that it's like, no, if they can do work for them, then the, you could skip that whole bid process and all that. So I, I understand Perfect. that sort of thing. Right. So I know that you mentioned that, you know, you do a lot of medical products as well. Is, is there kind of a life cycle that comes to that, you know, of it coming through the door and going out? Is, is that different than working on, say, you know and if we can't talk about this, I'll cut it out. But like when I went to your lobby, there's this, you know, big riding lawnmower right in there for, yeah, Cub Cadet. Um, You know, how how does that process differentiate from this large scale process or larger product, like physically larger product? Because medical equipment's tiny and fine, or a lot of it is. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of it is, but there's there's some things that we've like. I don't know. if You've been to our office. You might have been to uh, the global center, and we have a, um, a CT scanner there, mm-hmm. and it's it's made for a company FMI that uh, kind of a, was a startup company, and they it was just a fiberglass cover set that we did. And, you know, we didn't get into the um, nuts and bolts on the electronics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The engineering, but we did do we did do a lot of research and, and try to understand how the user um, interacts with it and who the market is and try to uh, understand the controls and things like that so i mean that would be you know pretty large project even bigger than the lawnmower and then we also have another project in that space that we're that we have displayed that's um it's a wire driver it's a it's a little drill that grabs a wire and drills it into your bone and uh, holds it together when you're healing that sounds Um, (laughs) painful yeah yeah, it's nothing that you really ever want to see and use, um, <laughs> but it it's that was a lot different because it was more of an ergonomic um, handheld uh, study, and we needed to talk to some surgeons and understand how they uh, interact with the device and how it's held. You know, if you talk to surgeons, if you ever work on a project that's medical related, and you you get into that world, you know, there's very specific um, uh, idealized, I guess, ways of using it. The surgeons are. Tend, tend to tend to know what they want you know and how they want it and
0: that's a nice start, way to
1: phrase it <laughs> i'm trying to like say it yeah but it's like sometimes sometimes surgeons can can really be this uh specific on what they want and and if, if you do something that doesn't make sense to them they'll be like oh this is this is the worst product you know and you'll get you'll get a lot of bad feedback and then you may give it to another surgeon and they'll be like the complete opposite you know they mm-hmm. may love it they may say it's so it's like you really need to be universal on a lot of those things. And that's really tricky with a handheld device because you're dealing with um, components that can't change maybe internally. Um, and then you're, you're dealing with different hand sizes and you're dealing with different um, preferences. Uh, so, I mean, between those two worlds, the larger project and the smaller ones, there's, you know our, our process is going to be pretty much the same. Um, it's just that what slows you down with the larger stuff is that you can't make a prototype real quick to understand it. Sure. Um, so you need to like, uh, do like if you're doing the button controls, you may do those separately, mm-hmm. but you know, if you're working in a, in a computer and you're, you're looking at a an object and you're zoomed all in and you're detailing it, um, it may look enormous and then you may work on a larger project and you're, you're zoomed out and then you realize that it's, um, you know, you may miss something cause of the scale. So it's really nice to, to try to work full size whenever you can mm-hmm. and with projects that's really hard to do. Gotcha.
0: So walk me through kind of a typical day for you of, you know, how the process or not even typically a typical, day, t- typical project life cycle of where you come in and what you, what your role is within it.
1: Well, um, uh, so, you know, a typical project could be anything, and you know, it's about two different typical projects. So you've got sure. like the smaller project, and you've got the larger scale. You know, um, say you're working on a on a larger scale project. You, so we'll um, we get a lot of our work from our referrals, which is which is kind of cool. You know, this is a lot for what we mm-hmm. do, um, and a lot of times we'll get a call from a company that that is looking to do. Uh, some updates to their project and they say they have a parameter set. Sometimes we'll have some information all laid out for you. Sometimes you need to go and meet with them and kind of collect it yourself and mm-hmm. ask all the questions. Um, but what we're looking for is, uh, you know, what they need and when they need it and what um, what challenges they, they know they have. And and then we try to think of challenge they may not know that they have, you know, once you get into the project. So we illustrate all that and then we'll have to, um, you know, the hardest part of, of the job uh, is really quoting something and trying to understand how long it's going to take and where where um where we can draw lines in the sand to say okay this, this would be phase one and phase two because um everything's fluid and everything moves around and you know we really want to just I would love it if we could just say hey we want to come help you out and then we just work for you and, and figure it all out mm. and be like your best friend to come in and you know uh, help out every day but it's like there comes a point when when um the budgets have to like bring you down and so, stuff. Sure. So, so I anyway, we got we have to estimate um, what the project's going to take, and we'll put all that together and you know uh, get um, get some 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 ideas down. So say if if it's a project where they're trying to um, uh, I'm trying to think of a project I can talk about that is on. Well, I guess I can. It's not a. I can talk about um the I manifold okay. is something that, that I know really well and that's probably a little easier to tell the story with sure so that that project was a was a larger project that um the company already existed but they were trying to do something completely new mm-hmm. so they they the I manifold um, is made by stride and stride makes a lot of tools for uh, air conditioning HVAC uh, equipment so they'll make little snap ring pliers and things like that and then they'll sure. also will make some gauge sets, um, so they can, they can test the pressures in the system. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the, um, the idea of this project was to take all that digital or take that, uh, analog gauge set and, and turn it into a digital format so that they can, uh, view it, you know, all the, all the advantages you get from a digital format, view it online, view, put it in the cloud and kind of share it with others. Mm -hmm. Um, so they needed they had that's all that was their idea and they had they didn't really have much to go from there so they first wanted to put a uh, display um on the device itself so maybe purchase the display like you buy a cell you know the display that's in the cell phone with like a housing for it and everything Mm -hmm. but you quickly realize that the um the world of displays changes so rapidly and people are used to touch screens that are like state-of-the-art i mean your cell phone's like so so high tech, you know, you don't realize. Yeah. Um, so it's like better just to connect with a device that already exists. So it, it transformed into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this happened after a little while of an investigation and, and a few phone models and kind of held out handheld devices to see how big it's going to be. And then um, uh, we kind of get into, again, that's where you sort of fall in a little bit into the uh, user interface world. We started to help out with that kind of, basis of thinking of how they would put together their app so people can understand it and use it. But since we don't know anything about, um, HVAC equipment, <laughs> uh, can't imagine why but, not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you run into that is uh, consulting is like, you you have to sort of start from scratch and that's a good thing sometimes, but it's also, um, uh, can be a little challenging cause you have to like hit the ground running. But, um, Anyway, we, we kind of worked on that a little bit, helped them dev- decide how to um, kind of display the information. We gave them some some thoughts and ideas, and eventually they took it their own direction. But um, we did finish up the housing for them and and engineer all the parts that hold uh, the components that they did have in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for for that kind of project, it's it's a um, it's an ongoing ongoing. Uh, Development that you know you don't know how long it's going to take. Luckily, we were pretty good on understanding that um, whole scope. They were they were pretty organized and pretty. Uh, Remember, they've been they've done a lot of projects on their own and they know how to do product design. Sure. So it went very well. You know, even though they haven't done that kind of product before, um, working with them was was really um, was really great. Uh, we have some. So if you have so that'd be like one version of a project, and another version maybe a small inventor that. That's a little shorter story. You've know. You, you got an idea for, um, I don't know, say a, uh, a new sponge. You're know, like, oh, I'm using my sponges in my kitchen. And <laughs> it would be really great if it had like a little scraper on the side, you know, and it could do this thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, we could draw that up for, you know, it's like you're trying to understand what the, um, what the goal is for them and then understand what the marketing advantage is and how we can help them out. So sometimes that can be just as challenging because um, there's a lot of, Ideas that sometimes fall into the saturated market that we sure. understand sometimes more than our clients and we try to explain um, that a little bit to them but um well how not- do you,
0: how do you tackle that because that's that seems like a large departure from you know the design build of figuring out how how product is going to fit in in the real world in a marketing sense for somebody that seems like a completely different kind of I don't know business model almost.
1: Yeah, it is, and we don't we don't do too much of that kind of work in a way. Um, we usually try to explain uh, how that is done, um, but we we usually try to explain how how a product like that could get made and mm-hmm. who make it for them, and we kind of send them on their way a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But you know, we, we I only bring that up because there there are a few really great projects that that have come from individual inventors that. Um, sound, sound like they may not work well, but then, then they really do. And it's like, that's where innovation, I think, comes from. And I hate the word innovation. I don't like to use it too much. It's like overused. But um, if you have a real innovative product, something that, that really breaks away from the norm, uh, it comes from somebody who uses it. It doesn't always come from a industrial designer. Um, industrial designer can make it work and, and to make it uh, fit the market. mm mm-hmm. And uh, industrial designers have great ideas, but it's like you have to. I I feel like sometimes you have to really use a product to design something or to come up with something that that breaks the mold. Um, so you know, we like to work with those those guys who have their little ideas. Um, uh, and um, you know, one. Well, I don't want. to – I say little ideas, I guess I don't want to go into <laughs> a, a, a spew about another client that I that I, I really respect, you know, cause I want to apply that to them, but it's like those guys, I, I like working on those projects. A lot of, like I was mentioned before, a lot of those projects are, um, something that I think, uh, my personally, I'm like, Oh, that'd be really great. I think that really help somebody like, not maybe not the sponge idea, but maybe, um, <laughs> some kind of a, a medical, um, something that, uh, I keep going into a world. I can't mention some of the projects, but it's like <laughs> yeah, really cool. Like, uh, uh, neonatal kind of, uh, projects, uh, you know, monitoring equipment for mm-hmm. for babies and children. It's like, you know, there's not a big, it's not a big, um, project at all, but it's like something that you can see somebody using and it's something that may help, you know, and is, I always go back to that. Like at the end of the day, I really like to, um, honestly think that I, I did something that, um, is going to help, uh, somebody's workflow, you know, Sure like working on a sponge is like I hate those kind of projects it's like it it doesn't um doesn't need to be doesn't really need to exist i mean it's like the there's a scrapers. lot of sponges that have a lot of different yeah. types of scrapers, yeah, yeah, and it's like you know you throw that stuff away like i don't as a designer like, I know a lot of a lot of my designer friends are the same way you know you you don't want to... We, we are in the business of making products, and not all of us are product people, you know it's like. I don't want to buy like I don't like having a whole lot of stuff. You know, I like to simplify my life and keep things simple. But that's sort of counterintuitive to some of the projects. So it's like, you know, you got to put a different hat on and and try to understand that world and and um, make sense of it and try to pull something that you enjoy out of it. Gotcha.
0: Well, so I have a question, and this may sound stupid, but with the kind of user experience design you talk about, you know. My knowledge of user experience design is from talking to friends who are UI UX designers in the web and application world. And then the book on Dieter Rams that I read in college. Those are like the two two opposite endpoints. And I know Dieter Rams was kind of an industrial designer and he worked in the physical space. So how do those two things in your workflow and and, in your product stuff kind of meld together where you're figuring out, like you mentioned, the ergonomics of stuff and, and, and and, and balancing that. How, how does that tie in to then taking things over to when you have to work on something with the software approach of UX?
1: Well, um, the, the, I mentioned like design thinking and the way I see it is, you know, the the workflow, understanding how somebody interacts with the something Uh is, uh, I think the philosophy behind there, the logic, I like to think of it as logic. Um, if this, then that, then that, you know, mm-hmm. type of thing um, is, is really universal, I, I think, on in, in both realms. But uh, the tools are obviously much different. You know, I I am more into the, uh, so industrial design, uh, maybe in the middle here. And then to the left, say you have more of the marketing and to the right, you have more of the engineering. You know, I'll be more towards the right of of that. So I'm more into the engineering kind of world um more than the UX design even though mm. uh, you know SmartShape does some of that work, but I'm not usually the guy that's that's running the show. I'm just somebody who maybe thinks out thinks through the um logical steps firsthand, you know, up front. Um I think that's helpful to have different ideas and different thoughts put down. But yeah, I mean I I have um I have a friend who's uh who's a developer in you know he doesn't do a lot of the design work, but I've seen his 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 uh, products he's made, and they they look well designed. I mean, graphically they look pretty decent. You mm-hmm. know, I haven't really used there a lot of uh, some of them are complex. Uh, he's like a programmer for programmers. You know, <laughs> do you make <laughs> I like, I don't even know what that does, but it's pretty cool. You know, um. So I never really use any of his stuff, so I don't know how intuitive it may be. But for his world, it's like he knows how somebody works, so he can. He knows how that type of person works so he can design for that type of person um you know in, in a way mm-hmm. yeah
0: when when it comes to your world though you know because you mentioned like with the surgeons that one surgeon may love something that you've designed and another surgeon may hate the exact same thing just because mm-hmm. of one little subtlety that they don't agree right. with how how do you go about making trying to make things as universal as possible Without making it generic.
1: Yeah, that's a really good that's a really good question. Yeah, um, and that I guess the answer to that is really prototypes and uh, trying to get more and more testing and and um, feedback from the people who use it. So mm-hmm. we can't design a, a surgical tool without talking to surgeons, and we shouldn't be designing a broom without talking to other people who use brooms. You know, which is that which is everybody. You yes. know, but for ourselves, you don't really design for yourself. So I mean, you make you make a prototype and you test it and you get feedback, but, um, you have to really understand that feedback. And I think that's where, um, industrial designers are really focused on understanding the feedback from, from the users and implementing it rather than maybe designing for yourself as an artist may do or Mm. something in that nature, you know, uh, it's difficult for sure. I mean, a lot of times, um, you get a really great-looking product if you if you um, don't think about one aspect of of the uh, like the use case or something. So like if you're like I don't know I can't really think of an example, but you've got like something that looks really great and people see it. Oh, that's a really cool product, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you really use it, you realize that it it kind of sucks, you know, it looks cool and it, <laughs> it seems like a good idea, but it kind of sucks. Like, I mean, I guess as a, as an example and the people from nest would get upset with me maybe, but I bought a nest cause I, I love the look of that thing and it was just really cool. I, mm-hmm. you know what a nest is. Yeah. Uh, thermostat. So I got the thing and I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. I love using it. I love turning it on. It's like got the, you know, it's a really nice tactile feedback and, um, industrial design, like, amazingness but it it really sucks because of the um i have a boiler in my house and Mm. um there's just certain features of the of the user interface or the the way that the um logic is on understanding uh like if you actually use it it'll it'll set your um schedule for you but then you can't really adjust it it sort of locks you out a lot of a lot of options that you really should have um so it's like it's really annoying. It like frustrates me. You know, like I started off loving that thing and now I hate it, you know, but I still have it on the wall cause it's beautiful. <laughs> it's like, sometimes I think design, like I was hoping I you were going to tell
0: me otherwise. Cause I've been looking at a nest and now I'm yeah. wondering if I shouldn't find something
1: else. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it's, I would almost get it anyway, you know, but for me, it's like, maybe I'm picky, but a boiler heat, it takes a long time to heat up. Sure. And i um, short time to cool down, I guess in, in Cleveland. But uh, if, if you have like, it'll come on you can, um, a friend of mine has one and he sets it so that when he's in, uh, coming home, the heat will come on, it'll know that he left work. So it'll, you know, hooked up to your GPS. That's pretty cool. You know, if your house will heat up within 30 minutes or so, but you know, for certain people, it's, it's mostly what's frustrating about it is that it's not really designed to accommodate everybody. It's really designed to accommodate that person who maybe has a certain type of furnace and comes home in a certain, you know continuous schedule you know, like cool. i have a go ahead i said i have i have an 11 month old baby and it's like house gets cold it, it like throws everything out of whack you know mm-hmm. like the baby's got to be warm <laughs> and the wife's got to be warm too so <laughs> it's like you, yeah. you know it, it's something like that happens and it's just like oh this is the worst thing ever but um yeah i know i wouldn't like shy away from getting it in a way but i definitely do your research and um i did after i got it and honestly i was like I need, I had a couple of zones in my house and I, even though I didn't like it, I'm like, oh, I really want to, I like the whole package. I want everything to be connected so mm-hmm. I can, when I leave the house, I can control it. So I got another one anyway. <laughs> so it's like, not like, you know, it's just like, that's the thing with design. It's like, oh, sometimes it just, you can like give up a lot of other things if you really like a certain part of it. Yeah. Um,
0: I have bought many a bad beer because of good design. So I, yeah, yeah. yeah. Same, same scenario. Yep. So, so you mentioned you've been there nine years. Yep. Um, what's the coolest thing that you've worked on that you're allowed to talk about?
1: <laughs> um, let's see. Well, you mentioned the um, the MTD mower. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I mean, just because. Uh, we were designing. I can't really talk about what we were doing exactly, Sure. but we worked, we work with that kind of yard equipment type of thing, and it's because you know I use it, and mm-hmm. I'm sort of a uh, engine guy, car guy. You know, I like to I like tools, you know, because tools functional. Like I mentioned, the um, uh, I manifold, another tool that's mm-hmm. pretty cool, and maybe that's even that's even cooler because it's it uh, it was needed, and it seemed like the the market for that. Uh, type of product was there and maybe was not fully mature and it's still getting off the ground but it's it's um probably it you can easily see that uh, an old analog system transforms into a digital system like Mm -hmm. anybody who doesn't even know the the world of um hvac may think well that makes sense and it does and it truly does so it's like those kind of projects are really fun so i mean that was probably one of the cooler projects i worked on Um, we did we did a bicycle frame uh, for alchemy and that was pretty fun. Um, I did the 3d modeling for that. So it was a carbon fiber frame so mm-hmm. you could do a little bit more things than you could with uh, like a welded aluminum or something like that. Sure.
0: Cool. What well, kind of wrapping up here, where can people
1: find you online? Uh, design com. Awesome. Yeah. We, um, so you can find that company and, uh, I, have a web, I don't know if I have my website up. And I used to have a website, but I think I took it down. Cause if you don't update your, your design, you know, <laughs> if you do some design work and then you don't update, it's like, Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that I know that anymore. feeling
0: well. Uh, my site is very um,
1: out of date and
0: I don't tell people how to get to it anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I quit telling people a while ago online. So yeah, smart. Got a lot. I mean, I can see my pretty face there and you can see a lot of the other guys that work there. You know, it's, it's a gritty, Cleveland's a gritty town, you know, I think Smartshape fits in really well there. Um, really great people. I've been there a long time. You know, I think you know for, for someone to stay at a place for nine years is like kind of unheard of in a way. But it's like it's working out really well, and the the, the people are um, great and the clients are great. You know, and you get to work on so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, the website's got all kinds of projects. A lot of them I mentioned. Um, I should have studied it so I could like tell you all about all of them. But it's some definitely
0: plenty to see there sure cool well brian thank you for taking the time to talk with me tonight i appreciate it
1: yeah well it's <laughs> definitely talking with you it's
0: fun not a problem and i will set you free into the wild out more about Brian at smartshape.design and be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Facebook and Twitter at creative S O pod and follow creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at creative South GA or over at creative And I'm at Jay Frostholm on dribble, Twitter, and Instagram head over to realthread.com today and tell them creative South podcast sent you in the checkout. Or when you talk to your account executive to get up to a hundred dollars off your next order for a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes. When you sign up at Skillshare, Using promo code Creative South. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. Don't forget to head over to Creative South GA.com right now to pick up your tickets for Creative South in April of 2017. We're looking forward to seeing you there and hugging some necks. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at patreon.com slash Creative South. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.